Welcome to the Elijah Fire Podcast, where we jump into issues of today with faith and freedom instead of fear. And now here's your host, Jeff Tharp. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to Elijah Fire, episode 65. Dude, my guest today, he's awesome. I, I'm really, really stoked for this. I've been really looking forward to this. Big shout out to Carissa for recommending this. Thank you. You're amazing. Um, uh, but yeah, he's a gifted speaker. He's a revivalist, and he's currently... Heading up the California Will Be Saved movement. Let's give it up for my guest today, Ross Johnston. Bro. Hey, how are you? Good. Welcome to the show, man. I am so excited to be here. Love what Elijah Fire is doing. So, yes, you haven't subscribed yet. You should do that, like, right now. Yeah, amen. Appreciate that plug, man. (laughs) All right, so why don't you go ahead and um, you get, because you got, I mean, you got a lot to say. Uh, why don't you give people a rundown of who you are and what you do? Yeah, absolutely. So I'm currently 27 years old. I've lived in California my entire life, like from day zero to day now. I'm a California guy, heart and heart. So I, I love where I'm at. Um, and like Jeff said, I currently lead something called California Will Be Safe. And so what we do is we just go to the most influential cities across California. And we do this outside because how many know it's time to get outside the four walls of the church. Amen. And so what we do is we bring a full sound system. We do evangelism training to equip the body. Then we do an actual gathering where we do live worship music. We preach the gospel, five, 10 minute gospel, really simple. And then we just have a, what we like to call joy bombs. And we dance before the Lord. We baptize people in the ocean and then we mm. plug them into local churches. So It's been amazing to see what God is doing, especially in the state of California, where many people know it's been a little bit crazier here than maybe some other parts of the country. A little bit, a little bit. Yeah, Yeah. God is moving. God is breathing. So, yeah, just excited to share the story today. Amen. Yeah. And something that we were talking about before that I love and it's something that I've talked about a lot on this show is the fact that God is relocating people that they may have been in positions, vocations where they were like, this is it. This is the thing. This is what I went to school for. Or this is like, this is my dream job. And God has asked some of these people to a lot of these people to lay, lay those things aside. And he's calling them to other States. He's calling them to other jobs. He's calling them to leave their jobs. Um, And you very much fit this description, right? Like what happened? Yeah, I mean, I was working for, you know, a six-figure job, remote works. I mean, the amazing opportunity, right? Especially during the last Mm -hmm. few years, it was safe, it was structured, it had everything that I needed, right? But here's the deal. Sometimes when God calls you to something, in order to do what's in your heart and what he's given you, you have to learn your capacity. And I was really learning that my capacity would not, working a job and doing California will be safe they weren't congruent. I wouldn't be able to do it to the capacity that I felt God calling me to. And so like I was telling you earlier, Jeff, I'm a very practical, analytical guy. And so when I started hearing the Lord tell me it's time for me to move on from having this job, I was like, how am I going to pay rent? (laughs) Show me the numbers, you know, show me the ins and outs. But the reality is, you know, faith is what pleases God. And Mm -hmm. so I said, you know what, God, I'm going to have faith that you are who you say you are. And that I hear your voice. And so I ended up resigning from that six-figure job to fully pursue California Will Be Saved. And it's been one of the best decisions of my life. Dude, yeah. But towards the end of the show or like the second half of the show, we'll just wing it. But I want to make sure we get enough time to kind of talk about how that started um, 
And I, I would love to hear testimonials because I see a lot of videos you post on your Instagram uh, and it looks, it looks pretty, pretty awesome. And it looks like, you know, there's a lot, God's doing a lot through what you're doing um, and really blessing it. So can't wait to hear more about that. But what I want to talk about before is, you know, you're pretty, pretty on fire for the Lord now, but you weren't always right. Yeah. Okay. So let's talk about how you came to the Lord. Cause it's pretty, pretty, uh, pretty hardcore. Yeah. So, I mean, it all starts for me from literally day one. You know, I was born by artificial insemination. Um, I grew up in a lesbian household with two moms. And so for me, Jesus, God, church, Bible, that, that was never a conversation in my household. Right. And so I was one of those people, you know, some people say I've never been to church, but they have. No, I literally had never been to church my entire life. I never stepped foot into a church. I never saw a Bible. I never heard yeah. the gospel. I had no grid for who God was, you know? And so at 16 years old, I remember a friend of mine invites me to church. And I say, you know what? I'm just going to go. Why not? Let's just do this. And so I go to a Sunday service, right? And remember, I had no grid for church. So I had no idea. And I walked in and, and now looking back at it, it was a pretty big, pretty decently sized church. Mm -hmm. And I remember being in the Sunday service and I just felt good, <laughs> right? For lack of a better term. I didn't have like an open heaven moment. Praise God if you have those, but I just felt good. And I remember telling my friend, I said, hey, I really want to go to the high school service. You know, I want to meet people my age. Mm. But the funny thing is my friend who invited me wasn't really walking in intimacy with the Lord. So my friend didn't want to go with me to the high what? school. <laughs> so here I am, my first time ever at church. I'm I'm feeling it. I'm loving it. I tell my friend who invites me, let's go to high school service. And my friend says, you know, I really don't want to go. And so I took a step of faith, which at the time I didn't even know what that was, but I took a step of faith and I went to the high school service on my own by myself. And there was a couple hundred students. It was a pretty big high school ministry. Wow, yeah, dude. And after a couple of weeks, you know, for me, I really, what, what, what I really learned is that Jesus was never taught to me. And all I needed was somebody to explain the gospel and give me language for what my heart had been feeling for those 16 mm. years of my life. Wow. And as soon as I encountered the presence of Jesus, worship in the gospel, I knew that Jesus was real. It wasn't a debate for me. And some people, they have those moments and there's nothing against that. But for me, I just knew in my heart of hearts, this is what I've been longing for my whole life. Mm. And so I gave my life to Jesus at 16 years old. Wow. So I had a question about, especially your upbringing with having two moms. Yeah. Um, I've noticed even just within my friends that are in the LGBTQ community where it's like, it's either Jesus mm -hmm. or my homosexuality and I'm going to choose my homosexuality. Um, yeah. I mean, was it like that growing up in your home or was it just that Jesus wasn't even a part of the picture? Or was it, was it like, no, don't, don't get into this Jesus thing. Like how did your, your moms respond to that? That's also just a very interesting uh, story as well, which I'm going to share because so yeah. many people, when we think of the church and the LGBTQ community, we think of like clashing heads, right? Sure. Where it's yeah. like so black and white. But the, the crazy thing is my mom is my greatest supporter, even mm. till now. Amazing. You got to keep in mind, when I first got saved, I didn't have a driver's license yet. So guess who had to drive me to church? <laughs> Your mom. <laughs> my mom. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> you yeah. know? So my mom was the one who would drive me to church, go back home, and then come back to pick me up. And, and even to this day, my mom is one of my, my monthly financial partners, come on. you know? 
So the reality is in my specific situation, though my mom has not given her life to Jesus, she has a respect for it. And she honors me and loves me so much that she has never, ever came against me and said, like, I don't want you going to church or I don't want you, you know, growing in a relationship with Jesus. Mm -hmm. She just hasn't had a personal engagement in her heart towards Jesus. Mm -hmm. And so that's what I'm believing for. So growing up, it wasn't an anti-God atmosphere. It just wasn't spoken about, Mm -hmm. you know? So there's a little bit of a difference there because there's definitely people who are very anti, right? I wouldn't say my mom or moms were anti-God. It just wasn't a conversation or anything that we actually engaged with. Mm. And did were you aware going into church when your friend invited you, were you aware of like what the Bible s- says about homosexuality? Were you even aware of that at all? And then like, was there a moment when you realized that when you were going, you're like, oh. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I honestly, I think in that moment, you know, like I said, everybody's story is so different. But for me, it's like when I first encountered Jesus, I wasn't thinking about anything else. Mm. I was just simply like so fixed upon him and so in awe and just so thankful for his presence that that wasn't even a thought of my mind. You know, Mm -hmm. I was more so I'm encountering something where my heart is coming alive and I just want to sit there. I don't even want to think about anything else yet. Now, yes, of course, there came a time where I was like, man, okay, homosexuality is not the design of God. Mm-hmm. And and what's really cool, and I'm glad you asked this question, Jeff, is I believe language is so important. And oh, I think the church has sometimes done a very bad job with language, um, with the LGBTQ community and just mm-hmm. with other communities in general. And so God's really been speaking to me. If somebody was to come up to you on the street and say, hey, you're a sinner, you're going to hell, you're horrible. I'd be yeah. like, I, no matter who I am. Excuse and what I believe, me? Yeah. <laughs> I would just be like, don't talk to me. Yeah, bro. <laughs> you don't know me. I don't know you, right? Yeah. So yeah. God's really been speaking to me through language and explaining to people, hey, number one, if somebody doesn't have the Holy Spirit, right, they can't understand the heart of Jesus. They mm-hmm. can't understand spiritual things. And number two, I want to explain it from a perspective of a design. Right. Because it's a design of God. And if we don't if we don't if we're not living in the design of God, then, of course, we're not going to live to the fullness that he's created us for. And so I found that that type of language is much more beneficial and actually being able to share the gospel and to love somebody well who's living in the LGBTQ community or lifestyle. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And then I think even. There is that whole idea of, I mean, we are new creations. So even if you get hung up on the debate of, uh, well, in my opinion, I'm born this way, blah, blah, blah. Like the, the bottom line is that we're, we're called to be new creations and everyone, everybody fits into that category of needing that to take place when they accept Jesus, when they get, you know, taken into the process of sanctification and become yeah. new creations. We become new creations. Um, you know, that's why Paul even says, I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. Yes. So I think that that's something that even if somebody's like, this is too big for me, mm-hmm. uh, this is a part of who I am, whether it's even drug addiction, whether it's, you know, yeah. uh, you know, you're an adulterer, whatever the case may be. The bottom line is we're called to be new creations. And so, Absolutely. yeah, it's. Yeah. Yeah. And I would just say too, I, like what I think is so powerful is when we see Jesus, right? <laughs> he just loves so well. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, and I know that's yeah. a cliche thing we hear a lot, but what does it mean to love somebody? 
-hmm. it means to not necessarily see what they're doing, but who God created them to be. And I firmly believe that, yes, sin is is a central part of the gospel, right? It's what separated us from God. But I believe there's moments where we get so caught up in seeing the sin of somebody that we forget they're a real person that Jesus loves, Jesus created, and Jesus died for. And so I want to see people through that lens. Like, yeah, hey, really I see what you're doing with your hands or your eyes or your or your lifestyle, but more so what's going on in your heart? Yeah. Because the truth is we have a lot of Christians, as we've seen in the last few years, who have a Christian confession, but mm-hmm. their heart is so far from God. Mm-hmm. And that's what Jesus said when he spoke to the Pharisees. You know, you say the right things, you do the right things, but your heart is so far from me. Mm-hmm. And so I want to see people from that lens where I can get into their heart and who God created them to be. And if I can speak into that place, I have faith that the Holy Spirit, like Paul said, we plant and we water, he brings the increase. Yep. So I want to have faith that I just need to plant and water and God will bring the increase in that area. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think you've gotten a hold of something that took me a lot longer to get, which is allowing the process to take place, that it's not about a notch on a belt or you know, whatever it may be of like, Oh, I got another one saved. And I mean, obviously you should get yeah. excited about that, totally, but when yeah. somebody gives their life to the Lord, um, but um, w- people are in different processes. And so mm-hmm. I know that when I was like young, young in the Lord, I was a little, abr- <laughs> I was a little abrasive. I was very passionate, but I was a little abrasive, um, well-intentioned, but Oh my dude. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So I think, it's great. You know, the sooner that we can get a hold of that, the less you put on yourself, obviously we have a mandate. We have something we're supposed to be doing, um, fulfilling the great commission, but ultimately it's, it's, it's the Lord that's going to, it's the Holy spirit that's active in the people convicting them. Right. It's not us. And so I think that's where a lot of that there are people I've met that are genuinely, I believe they genuinely love people, but their approach is very unloving. Mm -hmm. And I think that realizing like, it's not on you. It's not on us. It's on the Holy spirit active in people's lives, not us. We have to step out obviously and be Christ's ambassadors, but you you know what I'm saying? Yeah. I think that's the great challenge though is (laughs) It's like God, so many times, and I'm not just talking politically, I'm just talking overall. So many many people are all the way on the left, all the way on the right in things of the faith. But I believe, and I don't know if the middle is a good word, but I believe there's a a good middle ground we can be in. Mm -hmm. And what I mean by middle ground is so many people, it's either A, like you said, as soon as they meet someone, they want to headlock them, get them saved, get them into a prayer right there, right? And then there's some people who are so about the process that they never actually share the gospel. Right. So God's really been challenging me that there's like this middle place that I can be. And the thing is the middle place is not comfortable because we're humans and we like to have structure and we like processes that make us feel like we are doing the right thing. Mm -hmm. And so what can become really easy to do is choose one of those sides. Right. As opposed to being in a place where it's like, with one person, the Holy Spirit might be saying, you need to share the gospel right now with this person, like in this moment, you need to press in and go for it. Or then there's other times where the Holy Spirit may be saying, hey, you know what? Love this person well, quote unquote, take them through more of a process, mm-hmm. right? And so that's the great challenge of being a believer is if we can stay in that place where it's the uncomfortable place, because we can't just say it's all this or it's all yeah. that. It's uh-uh. 
I have to listen to the voice of the Holy Spirit. I have to be aware of what God is saying. And the truth is the only way for that to happen is an intimacy in relationship, which means that I'm pursuing God consistently. I'm pursuing God daily and I'm in awareness of him moment to moment. Mm -hmm. And so we can live in that place. I believe that is where we see the most breakthrough. That is where we see the most salvation. That is where we see the most healing. And so that's Mm -hmm. the great challenge that I'm currently living in, preaching in, growing in, becoming more aware of. Amen. Amen. Well, you're in good company, dude. So, uh, so, okay. So you started going to church, Mm -hmm. you started, you know, really getting into it. Was there a time when you slipped away again or was it just from there? It was just, you know, going for it. So great question. So I I went to college in 2012 in San Diego. So I grew up in Los Angeles, moved out to college 2012. And from 2012 to 2016, I was in college. And just like any college, you know, age person trying to figure out who's Ross, you know, what am I going to do with my life? You know, what, what am I passionate about? That whole type of deal. And so I graduate college in 2016. And I remember I used to play baseball and I, I was very much into sports. And so I was like, you know what, what if I became a trainer? Like, I just really love health and fitness. Like, let's just, let's just go for it. And so I actually, when I graduated college, I decided to become a part of a gym and ran a gym. And so I did that from 2016 to early 2020. And I'm going to be really honest, Jeff, I just walked out of intimacy with God. You know, Mm. I didn't deny God. I didn't, you know, become an atheist. I just simply wasn't in intimacy with him. Mm. And I started pursuing things that weren't bad things like money and work and taking care of myself. But anytime they replace God, it's just it's idolatry. Absolutely. And so during that time frame, 2016 to 2020, I just walked out of intimacy with God. I wasn't in relationship. I wasn't pursuing community. There's just so many things happening. However, I remember January 2020 comes and I get that job opportunity that I just shared that I resigned from recently. And mm-hmm. I was so excited. I was like, a remote job, double the pay. I'm going to get to live my life, do whatever Ross wants to do. <laughs> <laughs> right. But sure enough, everybody's favorite month of our entire lives happens March 2020. And I immediately felt stirred in that moment. And I knew, I said, God, I just repent. I knew Mm -hmm. this is the moment that I was created for. I knew this was the moment for me as as a man of God that I needed to stand firm, stand strong, and really focus on what God was saying. And so 2016 and 2020, fell out of intimacy with God. And then March 2020, just repentant and came back Mm -hmm. to that place of being intimate with him. Mm. Yeah, man. Yeah. That you, and I think, I mean, a lot of people have found themselves in that same position. You know, it was like, there's something about something about 2020 dude, where it's like, mm-hmm. even me, I mean, I was working for the Elijah list, you know, and I would say I was for me that that was when my, I really got pulled into like, like real deep relationship with the Lord um, was, was around that same time. Um, You know, no always, I I gave my life to the Lord when I was 18, you know, that was 2004. (laughs) It's a long time ago now. Um, But uh, you know, it's um, just sometimes life things happen and, you know, you may coast for a little bit. I was in missions for a while. So I was definitely, in the secret place with the Lord during that time. And then, uh, but yeah, 2020, same thing. I mean, it was like, there was something about it where it was like, that was where like all of the facades got ripped off of yeah. the church off of our hearts. Um, and that's where God really began to do a lot of like soul 
healing within me about some long-standing wounds as well. So that's really cool that happened to you around that time. Thanks for listening. The Elijah Fire podcast is made possible by donations like yours. To become a partner, visit ElijahFire.com slash donate. Yeah, I just think in the midst of all that happened in 2020, 2021, there's so many opinions and so many things we can go on about that. But Mm -hmm. the truth is it was a moment for every person in the world, to be honest, you know, it was a moment to be real in our heart of hearts. Yeah. What do I believe? What do I believe about God? Where am I at with God? And am I going to continue to pursue God? <laughs> mm-hmm. You know? And so regardless of how anybody feels about those two years, I believe it was such a window that God gave to say, man, if you want me, here I am. Mm. You know, not saying, you know, and, and, and I think I want to be careful, right? Because I know there's so many people who even before 2020, they were pursuing him and they were stewarding him so well. Yeah. Like, I want to honor those people mm-hmm. because that is absolutely amazing. And I'm so thankful for those types of people, those fathers and mothers and people who were able to do that because I wasn't doing that. Yeah. <laughs> right. But I also want to be aware of those people who were like me, who maybe walked out of intimacy with him and then said, you know what? This is a moment where I know God is stirring me and I have to respond regardless if it's been one year or 10 years or 20 years since I've been intimate with the Lord. I know it's time for me to get serious about my faith again. And so that's how I just really want to honor both sides of that. And just I'm so thankful for what God allowed us to become aware of in the past two years, because we're seeing the fruit of it starting to break out across America Mm -hmm. and across the nations of the world. And so I just believe we're in a moment where it's like, catch this and run with it. You know, I always like to say, don't miss your moment with God. Yes, he's sovereign. Yes, he's with you. But sometimes there's just moments where he he seems to be more near. He seems to be more Mm. aware. Like you become more aware of him. In those moments, I don't want to miss them. Yeah. Amen, dude. Yeah, that whole, uh, I can wait till later. It can wait till tomorrow. It can wait till, uh, yeah, you, dude, for real. You don't want to miss that. Yeah. Yeah. So, okay. I want to talk about, um, you have a note in here about sustaining love for Jesus. Mm-hmm. Um, and you said, I'd love to share my heart on sustaining love for Jesus and how to live life. He, the life he designed for us. Cause obviously there was a, t- a season where you didn't sustain that. Right. Yeah. You know, it's like you, you got into it with the Lord, you know, you were going deep with him and then things happened, college, all that stuff. And that faltered. So what do you have, what do you have to say towards that? Yeah. You know, I've been learning so much and I think we're always all learning. Right. Mm-hmm. But for me, I'm learning to how to keep it so much more simple. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I love theology. I love talking about gifts of the Holy spirit, all those amazing things. But sometimes I think we become so caught up with our mind that we lose our heart, mm-hmm. you know? And so what I would like to say about sustaining love for Jesus, and this is kind of a phrase God really spoke to me. I felt the Holy spirit speak to me. He's like, when we lack purpose, we pursue pleasure, mm. right? And I just want to say that one more time. When we lack purpose, we pursue, or I, even I could say it like this, we settle for pleasure. Yeah. <laughs> and so good, I though. believe yeah. we're in that moment, and we were just in that moment a few years ago, where it's like, what are you going to choose right now? Are you going to continue to just do the normal day-to-day mundane and just whatever you're doing with your life, keep doing it? or you're going to pursue the purpose and calling of God on your life. And so mm-hmm. I believe that in order to sustain a love for Jesus, one, I have to see him rightly. If I don't see Jesus rightly, we might as well close the books, 
We might as well call it a day and go yeah. home and stop there, right? Yeah. But seeing him rightly will then lead to me seeing people rightly. Mm. And it's in the it's in the gospels where you know the disciples are like, Jesus, what's the greatest commandment? Love the Lord your God and love your neighbor as yourself. And so I believe if we can keep those two lenses on of seeing Jesus rightly and seeing people rightly, we will actually walk in a manner of the way Jesus modeled. And so mm. I believe that's how we sustain love for him is being so caught up and fixated on who he is that we then have his purpose flow through our life. And mm. so if we're in love with Jesus and his purposes are flowing through us, then we're not going to settle for pleasure mm. we're, because it, we know that it won't satisfy us. We mm. know that only he can satisfy. And yeah. so that's part of my heart when it comes to sustaining love for Jesus is being so caught up in him and being mm. fixed on him that the pleasures of the world, they almost aren't even pleasurable. They're, they're yeah. like death. <laughs> they're yeah. like, why would I even run to that? Why would I even do that thing? Because it can't even satisfy me to, to anywhere near what God can. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it, for anybody that hears what you're saying and they're like, man, like I hear you, Ross, and that's what I want, but I don't know how to, maybe they feel stuck. Like what mm, would be yeah. some of your advice to somebody who, wants those things that you're describing, but they're not, they're having a hard time figuring out how to do that. What does that mean for me? Yeah, Yeah. absolutely. You know, what's really interesting is God speaks to me a lot through marriage. I'm not married. I've never been married, but he speaks to me a lot through Mm -hmm. marriage. (laughs) And so that's the kind of context I'm going to take with this is just imagine yourself, whether you're married or not married, right? And you have a spouse. If you're desiring for your spouse to have, to give you more time, attention, affection, right? Like the best way for that to happen is one thing is being with that person Mm -hmm. is spending time with Mm -hmm. that person, right? I can do all the things for my wife in the future. I can clean the dishes. I can wash the car, all things that are honoring and I should be doing. But for somebody who truly loves you, the greatest thing that they should want from you is not what you can do for them but it's being with them. Mm-hmm. And so I, I don't want to sound like that guy that's like out in the outer space when I say this, but you know, like being is more better than doing. If yeah. I can be with Jesus, spend time with him, mm-hmm. make him a priority. What does this look like practically, right? Cause I'm a practical guy mm-hmm. and I always hear people speak and I'm like, that sounds great, but what do I do? How do I do that? Right? Mm-hmm. So for me, it's first thing what I do when I wake up in the morning, it doesn't matter what my day consists of. I go right to my knees first thing in the morning. It could be five minutes. It could be 30 minutes. Who knows what it could be? But I make it a priority to say, Jesus, you're not just some being in outer space. You are a real man. You really lived on this earth. You have real emotions, real feelings. And so if I can see Jesus, okay, I feel the Holy Spirit on this. Yeah, dude. And, And I actually preached on this like a month ago. Many people see Jesus as the son of God, which he is. He is the Messiah. He is our Savior, the Lamb of the world. He's all those things. But many people don't see him as the Son of Man, that he Mm. actually was personal. He was actually intimate. He had flesh and blood like me and like you. Mm -hmm. And so if I can see Jesus through that lens, that perspective, that he actually listens to me. He actually speaks to me. He actually has emotion and feelings. He loves it when I pray. He loves it when I love him. He loves it when I give him attention. If I can see it through that lens and give him time, oh, that right there is how I can practically do something every day in my life, sustain my love for him and be able to stay in awareness of who he is. Mm, Yeah. I mean, dude, that's so spot on. And I think 
there's a lot of um there's a lot of distractions now in our culture where it's like everything is vying for our attention and more and more things become accessible from home yeah you know and uh it can be i for some reason it's like that's another reason why it does feel like the veil is thin like god is just like so mm. present and he's so accessible man like and yeah. it's um and so because he knows how much how many distractions there are and he's honoring people's pursuit of him yeah and when they go you know what i'm not gonna i'm not gonna play video games today i'm gonna i'm gonna i'm gonna spend time with the lord or you know what i'm not gonna do the, whatever that thing is i'm, I'm gonna yeah. spend time with the lord like god is god is honoring that and he's i mean that's why scripture says come near to him he will come near to you yeah and it, that's something that i um you know when i disciple a lot of young people that's one thing that i said is was that and then also even with like big faith things say you know kind of slightly going back to what you're talking about yeah. with taking that big step being obedient to the lord i think you would testify to this but i've never regretted stepping out and doing something like that when god is asking me to do it when it's a bitter pill to swallow but i ultimately know it's the right thing to do i have yeah. never once regretted it yeah well, I've had this thought cross my mind. And once again, to make this super clear, I'm the very practical guy. <laughs> I'm the very analytical guy, right? We, we always hear those people who it just seems like the Holy Spirit is so present in them that they just don't even have any doubts ever. And they just are like, <laughs> it doesn't seem real sometimes, right? Yeah. And I honor those people. Bless you. If you're walking in that, praise God, right? But for some of us, we're very analytical. Mm -hmm. We're very practical. We like to We like to kind of have structure in place, right? But I remember that I started having this thought, Ross, you live one time on this earth, right? You live one life on this earth. And I don't want to die and say, hey, I had $100,000 in the bank. Yay. I don't want to die and say, hey, you know, I played it safe. Or I don't want to die and say, hey, I did all the right things. I, you know, I crossed the T's. I dotted my eyes. Mm -hmm. Like, I want to be able to get to that point at the end of my life and say, you know what? Yeah, I stewarded what God gave me. I'm not saying be be like dumb. For lack of better term. <laughs> Don't be dumb, people. Spend all your money and just waste time. Yeah. I'm not saying that. No, no, yeah. no. I'm saying steward what God gave you, but let's take some risks, right? Yeah. Let's take some, let's actually walk in faith and let's mm. see what God will do with it. And so that's the thought process that I started having. And that's how I knew it was the Holy Spirit because I knew my natural self would never just want to quit a job or resign from mm -hmm. a job without having another job lined up. But I started yeah. thinking, I was like, when in my life am I ever going to be able to actually really do this again? You know, single, don't have kids, you know, that changes things when you're making decisions. And so I said, you know sure. what, God, this is an opportunity for me to step out in faith in a way that I normally wouldn't do. And I'm going to believe that you're going to breathe on this. Mm. And I'm going to believe that I actually hear the voice of God, you know. And when I came to that place, it became a decision less about okay, does this make sense or not? And more so, what do I believe about God? Mm. <laughs> what do I believe about his provision for me? What do I believe about his presence in my life? What do I believe about my relationship with him? And so I believe when we get to decisions, if we can take a step back, right, and not see it from the pros and cons, but see it from a place of where am I at with the Lord? Yeah, That will actually challenge you in a, such a different manner. And it actually stirs you to walk in a faith that maybe you've never experienced before. Mm, yeah. And it's like, honestly, too, things like clout, things like accomplishments, they're, they're not, even if they're God breathed, like 
those aren't the things that that's not the measure of who we are. Who yeah. the measure of who we are is is who we are in 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 God and and what yeah. our identity is um, yeah. as sons and daughters of God. And so I think, um, yeah, I, I at the end of the day, it's like it's that intimacy, it's that that pursuit of Him. That's what that's what matters. That's it. Absolutely. And it's like everything else stems from that. And yeah, the good things that pop up are good, even when they're from God. Yeah but they're not the thing like yes. those things came about through my intimacy with him, my pursuit mm -hmm. of him, not like those, those things aren't the thing that make up my relationship with God, you know? So, yeah. 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 And you know, the Holy spirit really spoke to me sometime last year. I remember when he was like, you know, my presence is your food. <laughs> mm. Right. And so if I, you know, that scripture is Psalm 34, right. Taste and see that the Lord is good. I like to say it like this. You know, when Jesus spoke or in, in, in the Bible, you know, in the Old Testament, like God didn't say things just to like make us feel good and like be able to say like, OK, like that, that makes me feel good. And I'll just like hopefully last to the end of my life. No, like he actually meant what he said. Like mm -hmm. there's an actual place in intimacy with God where you can taste and see that he is good. Mm. Right. You actually I'm not saying you're physically eating God, <laughs> yeah. but there's a place where his presence, it's almost like food for you, mm -hmm. for your heart, for your soul, for your mm -hmm. mind, for your body, Amen. where you're so pleased in who Jesus is and in his presence that nothing else can satisfy you. Yeah. And I believe, you know, and I mean, I'm saying so many things here and for so many of you don't feel like you have to take all this in. Just let the Holy Spirit, let the Holy Spirit do what he needs to do. But we've had so many gifted and talented and anointed preachers, apostles, prophets, all these things. I love fivefold ministry. I function mm -hmm. in many of them. Yep. But I believe God's looking for people who it's not about what they preach, but it's about what they host. Mm. <laughs> you know, and what yeah, I mean yeah. by that is there's many people who know the word of God in and out. Amen. You should. I read the Bible every single day. Right. There's many people who can communicate very well. Amen. I love communication. I believe it's a gift God's given me. But there's something where you cannot manufacture intimacy with God. Mm. You cannot manufacture the presence of Jesus in and on your life. You yeah. just can't do it. That's there's good. no A plus yeah. B equals C. It's spending time in relationship. It's being with Jesus, being intimate with him. And so I believe that's a shift that we're seeing in the body of Christ. To be honest, I really believe we're seeing that, Jeff, is where people who are who are gifted and have relied solely on their gifting as opposed to relying on intimacy with Jesus, it's almost like they're being exposed. And I'm not talking exposed in a negative way. It's just being exposed in the sense of like, wow, people's eyes, spiritual eyes are seeing, oh, wow, this person's a great communicator, but where's the fruit? Where's mm -hmm. the power of God flowing through their mm -hmm. life, right? And so yeah. I just think that's something that's really crucial and something I want to encourage everybody here with is don't just get caught up in giftings and callings. Those are great things. Mm -hmm. I believe in them, but spend time with Jesus and let his presence, what you host, be the greatest thing about you. Amen, dude. That's so good. Okay, so how did how did the Calif how did California will be saved get started? How how did that even become a thing? Yeah, okay. Buckle up, guys, because we're gonna make a <laughs> nine-month story in like four minutes. Okay. You can tell it longer than four minutes, man. Yeah. No, I yeah. know, but it just I don't I want I love just getting straight to the point. So yeah. March 2020 comes, right? That's when I said I repented to the Lord and I got back in intimacy with God. And, you know, I said, God, I just, I need one thing from you. You can do whatever you want with me. You know, I've repented. I'm back in intimacy with you. You can do whatever you want with me. I asked one thing. 
would you give me my people? I'm very relational. I'm very family-based. And I just didn't want to just be a one-man show. I wanted family. And so I said, okay, well, if I want people, if I want to meet these people, I need to go to where they're at. And once again, just to remind everybody, because we can easily forget, <laughs> 2020 was a crazy year, okay? Especially in California. You know, the governor was saying things like you can't sing and shutting churches down and all this stuff. Yeah, ready to shut down electricity <laughs> people. Yeah. <laughs> I just want to give that context because we eat, we just forget so quick. And so mm -hmm. in the midst of that moment, there was really only two things happening in California on a mass scale. There was Let Us Worship with Sean Foy, many of you know. And there was this other ministry called Saturate, Parker and Jesse Green, who are now on the East Coast. Yep. And so I said, you know what? I'm going to go to every tent revival, every Let Us Worship, and I'm going to meet my people there. Like, that's where they're going to be because they're not going to be anywhere else. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and so I walked in. December 2020. Let's fast forward a few months. December 2020. I walk into the Saturate. They were doing a tent revival here in Orange County where I live now. And I walked in. And as soon as I walked in, the guy leading worship, God said, that's the person you've been praying for right there. His name is Joel. He's now the person I lead California will be saved with. He's an amazing worship leader, one of my best friends. And that same night when the Lord spoke to me about him, later in the night, Jesse, who leads Saturate the ministry, prophesied over him and said, you have a sound of revival that needs to be released across California, and you Come need on. a car to do it. And she gave him her brand new Jeep, okay? So in that one night, <laughs> in that one night, I knew that I just met the person that I didn't know what it was going to look like, but I knew I needed to connect with him. Yeah. Then he gets prophesied over for revival in California and gets a brand new Jeep. Come so, on. you know, I was weeping. He was weeping. It was just a crazy night. We become friends after that night because I went up to him. We chatted. And we just started becoming brothers. I told him from the beginning, I said, hey, man, regardless of what we ever do on a stage or ministry, I just want to be friends with you. I want to be brothers with you. I, before we're ever leaders, we're brothers and sisters, mm -hmm. <laughs> you know? And so we started just traveling America, going to every revival meeting you could think of. You know, we just, we were like, we're just going to go. We're just going to go, 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 go. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, in the so, Jeep. Yeah. yeah, we finally came to this place where we're like, we both have a burning passion for California and we need to do something. Mm. And so this little chapel in San Diego, this little church, they didn't even know us. They opened their doors to us. We started doing this once a month worship night and the presence of God was so tangible mm. that we honestly were shocked in the best way possible. Yeah. And so we did that from February to July of 2021. And then in August of 2021, God speaks to us through a dream that a friend of ours got. And this dream had us at a beach in California doing worship. Okay. And we, in the dream, Jesus appeared to our friend, you know, just casually Jesus appears. Yeah, no Jesus deal. Appears, <laughs> Jesus appears to our friend and takes him down to the water and says, do you hear the sound? He said, the ground in California has already been won. It's already been prepared. Now is the time for the reigns of my spirit. And mm. in that dream, he saw this massive tsunami wave crash over the coast of California, representing a move and a wave of God's spirit. So we get this dream and we're like, okay, we either heard God or we didn't. It's There is no middle ground here. And so we said, you know what? We're going to do the dream. We show up at Huntington Beach, August 2021. No permit. If any of you know Huntington Beach, it's like an iconic place in California. Mm -hmm. Thousands of people walking by daily, and we show up with a full sound system, yeah. <laughs> and we, we do live worship, 
we preach the gospel and then the power of God just comes. And we have little children weeping on the altar. We have husbands and wives walking on the boardwalk, getting delivered, giving their life to Jesus, baptize them in the ocean. And we just knew that we had walked into a holy moment. We didn't have a name. We weren't California, we'll be saved. We were two guys in a band that just showed up on the streets of California and said, you know what, God, we're going to do the Great Commission. We're going we're gonna to pray, we're going to worship, and we're going to preach the gospel. And so that happened nine months ago, and I'm sure we'll get more into it here in a sec, but that is how California Will Be Saved became a thing. Like what you're hearing? Help us continue to make Elijah Fire and the Elijah Fire podcast possible. To get behind this ministry, visit ElijahFire.com slash donate. Now, back to the show. Hey, Ross. So I think Jeff's internet went out here. So if you just want to go into more about telling about California Will Be Saved, Jeff will be back here in a minute. Awesome. Well, while Jeff is gone, we love him. We bless him. He's going to come back. I just want to encourage you, once this happened with California Will Be Saved, You know, many people were coming up to us that same moment in the gathering and saying things like, Ross, how long have you been a pastor? And I said, 30 minutes, (laughs) you know? And so I want to encourage you that you don't have to have some crazy ministry backing. You don't have to have some crazy experience. If you have those things, that's amazing. But I believe that in this season, God is just asking for people who are saying yes. And so I want to challenge you that the truth is all you need is you and another friend to go out into the streets of your city, your state, your country, wherever you're at, and just watch what God would do with that. Because that was nine months ago. And I want to give a little context. I want to I want to give you the update on where we're at now. And so we've been traveling California for the last nine months. We went to Huntington Beach. We went to San Diego, LA, North, or North Carolina, Northern California. And God has been moving. And so now it's called California Will Be Saved because we firmly believe that wherever California goes, the world will go. And so I just want to challenge you and and I want to stir you that God actually wants to use you. And all you have to do is take a step of faith, right? All you have to do is actually get out there into whatever sphere of influence it is for you and take a stand. And, And it's just been so powerful. We've seen literally now, we've seen hundreds of salvations, hundreds of baptisms, hundreds of deliverances just in the last nine months. Um, And so, yeah, I'm just really, really excited. I'm just really honored that God is using me. But the truth is, God wants to use you as well. (laughs) Awesome. It seems like Jeff is taking a little longer than expected. Is there anything else that you were wanting to share today? I don't have the interview prep right in front of me. Um, What what else was on the list that you were wanting to share? Yeah, I think the really the last thing that I wanted to share is, oh, I think he's here. Let's see. I think Jeff's going to get back on (laughs) Hey guys, listen, when it comes to things of the Holy Spirit and things of the kingdom, you know, we just, we keep going. Nothing is going to stop us. Jeff, what's up? Hey man. (laughs) Yeah, my internet died. So I'm back. (laughs) I was just telling the people, I was sharing with them how for the last nine months after Huntington Beach, you know, people were coming up to me saying, Ross, how long have you been a pastor? And I said, 30 minutes, <laughs> you know, and so just challenging people that it, it doesn't take a lot. It just takes faith to mm-hmm. step out and just to do what God has put on your heart and he'll breathe on it. Yeah. And I love that just your obedience and even just your, it was like a big faith step. And I'm a big faith guy. My wife and I are big faith people Yeah, um, that you guys stood on the promise of that dream and said, this is either from God or it's not. And here we go. Um, 
because the worst that could happen, right, is that God's like, no, actually, swing it. I love your heart, swing and a miss. It's actually over here, right? Mm -hmm. Um, yeah. but the fact is, and I think that that's, there's a big fear amongst people, but especially young people who are trying to seek the Lord, trying to hear the God and, and follow him and be obedient is what if I hear wrong? I don't want to, I don't want to displease him or I don't want to, I, and it's something that I tell people is, is God, the very fact, do you know how moved God is that you yeah. are trying to hear from him and that you want to hear his voice? That's yeah. huge. Like that's. Yeah huge right here's, so. here's what i want to tell people you can never go wrong preaching the gospel <laughs> right yeah right and you know the holy spirit spoke to me and he said ross you want to know what the number one thing is that i breathe upon the number one thing that i i love to just move on you know obviously the prophetic is amazing in elijah fire elijah streams that's what we do right we're if you're a believer in jesus you know we're prophetic people and i love that mm -hmm. but the holy spirit said Ross, the greatest thing that I breathe on is revealing Jesus to people. Mm. That is the greatest desire of the Holy Spirit mm -hmm. is to reveal Jesus to people in a way that one, they get saved and two, God takes them deeper in relationship. Mm -hmm. And so, like you said, Jeff, let's say we would have missed the voice of God and we got it completely wrong. And God said, hey, I want you to pivot. The fact that we actually just did something. I feel like that's a word for this season is like, yeah, I, I'm all for structure. I'm all for planning. But like, Guys, we just got to do something. Like, just do something. <laughs> yeah. Go to the streets. Do that social media thing. Like, just do it. Just do what Jesus has put in your heart. You know, like, you don't have to have all the X, Y, and Z put together. Joel and I even say it to this day. We still don't understand everything. We mm. still don't know everything God's doing. But we know that he wants to save people. And we know that he wants people to encounter him. And so we're not going to stop. Yeah. We're going to keep going and we might make mistakes. We know we might, everybody might not agree with us, <laughs> yeah. you know, but we're going to say, Hey, our hearts are in purity. We love you, Jesus. Mm -hmm. And we're going to stick to what you told us to do in the word of God. We're going to stick to what the great commission says. Yeah, so and good. I believe if we stay in that place of simplicity, that God will breathe on that. Yeah. Amen. Amen, dude. So what is God? I, I, you got a pretty, good response from being obedient right yeah. um what is god god showing you about gen z even millennials but gen yeah. z especially yeah you know what's so powerful is at our last gathering we actually went back to huntington beach last weekend and it was so you know quote unquote ironic obviously it's the lord but it yeah. had been nine months since we had been there, you know, and I'm a guy, most guys, we don't think like this, but <laughs> nine months is a birthing cycle, right? right? Yeah. In the natural. Yeah. And so it was such a powerful moment to go back there. We didn't even plan it like that. It just so happened. But we did this Gen Z moment. Keep in mind, we're back here at Huntington Beach. There's thousands of people walking by. It's just, it's just out in the open. We lined up all of Gen Z. There's probably roughly 50 to hundred Gen Zers there. We just start laying hands for the baptism of the Holy Spirit and just to prophesy over them. And kids and, and Gen Zers are just getting lit up by the Come presence on, of Jesus, yeah. weeping, crying, encountering the fire of God. And what the Lord spoke to me is, once again, I love the prophetic. I believe in words of knowledge. I function in them. Mm -hmm. But they just needed, Gen Z just needs to be reaffirmed. That's all they really need. <laughs> and I remember there's this one girl. I went up to her and I just said, I didn't even have a word for her. I just, hey, the Lord told me to just tell you, don't give up. As soon as I said that. She just starts weeping. She wow. just starts weeping. 
you know? Mm. And I heard so many stories of other people praying over Gen Z. And so if you're part of Gen Z, I just want you to know that you hear God. If you have the Holy Spirit in you and you've given your life to Jesus, he speaks to you and you hear him. And so if you have something on your heart that is going to honor Jesus, love Jesus and share Jesus, it's probably from the Lord. <laughs> mm. Amen. Amen. So do you have any cool testimonies from, from your time here? Some cool things that the Lord did? Yeah, I would say there's a few that stand out. Number one, I'll, I'll never forget this. There's something about seeing children encounter Jesus that yeah. it just moves your heart in such a capacity that mm-hmm. you can't you can't like grasp it fully. Mm-hmm. But there was this five-year-old girl who was weeping at the altar. She wasn't even there with us. Her mom was just walking the boardwalk and she heard the music. She drags her mom over and she's just crying. And she hugs our team member for 20 minutes, a five-year-old girl. And she says, I feel the presence of Jesus. Wow. And so, I mean, you see something like that. It just, it wrecks you. You, yeah. you can't go back to like normal life. Yeah. <laughs> you know, there's another testimony. Husband and wife are walking the boardwalk, not with us. They hear the music. They hear the gospel. They come up to the altar call. I said, hey, what's going on here? He said, listen, man, I heard what you just said. I need to get right with God. My wife and I are struggling. I'm drug addicted. I'm alcohol addicted. Mm. What do I do? What do I do to get saved? <laughs> He gets saved right there on the spot. He gets delivered on the spot. Him and his wife stand up, look at each other face to face and repent to one another for all the things in their relationship that they had done to one another. Mm. So those are just some of the testimonies that that really stand out where God is just shifting hearts. And it's happening from people that are five years old to people that are 70 years old. Come on. People that are white, people that are Hispanic, people that are black. It does not matter the background. Mm. God will move on your life if you just give him an altar, a.k.a. your heart. If you just open your heart to yeah. him, you say, here I am, Jesus, he'll do the rest. Mm. Well, the thing I love about like what God is doing through you guys and honestly countless others yeah. is that for so long, we used to get in this mindset of, oh, well, I don't have this degree for ministry degree for that, so I can't do that, and I can't do this thing over here. and um, is that God is just looking for yeses. Like he's wow. looking for our yes. And, and that's what you and, and your team, like you guys, you and Joel, you, you get, you said, yes, that's all you did. You said, yes, you don't know what you're doing. None of us do, you know, you just said yes. And God is honoring that. He's just so wanting to pour out his spirit on anybody who will listen to him, anybody who will approach him um, with the right heart, obviously. But um, I think that that's, that's like a big, one of the big messages that can be taken out of like what you guys are doing, what is it's not you, you know, it's not you, but you said yes. And that's what he wants to do with anyone who will say yes is like, he just wants, he's like, yep. Okay, let's go. Let's do it. You know? Yeah, so. I'm convinced that God is in heaven and he's actually, you know, this is something that's really shifted me, this revelation. He actually wants it more than me. Yeah, <laughs> he exactly. wants it more than you. And when we can understand that, it takes all the pressure off us. It takes mm-hmm. all the striving. Like we don't have to convince God Like God, I really just want to see people save God. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, he's sitting up there going. Uh, yeah, that's why I sent Jesus. I am excited about this. I want this more than you. Mm. <laughs> so if we can come from that place of like, I don't have to convince God, but I can actually partner with him. 
it puts you in this place of freedom. And mm. I also want to hit on the point That's you so said, good. Jack. I'm all for going to theology school. I'm all for going to Bible school. I'm all for that. Mm-hmm. But if that comes at the expense of being full of faith, and if that comes at the expense of taking risks, then it almost is irrelevant to some capacity. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> and I want to make sure you hear me out. I know a lot of people watching this probably have been to theology school, probably have been to Bible school, honor you, bless you. I love that. Mm-hmm. But I believe God's so much more concerned about the yes in our heart than what we have in our mind, <laughs> mm-hmm. you know? And so I just yeah. want to stir you. If you have those things, those degrees, amen. Now go out and do them, right? Yeah. Go out and, and represent them. Go out and actually walk and flow in what you believe in. Mm-hmm. And the best teacher of that is experience. Mm-hmm. And that is a word, the church, we don't like because we can't control it. And yes, there will always be weirdos. And yes, there will always <laughs> be people that take it to some weird place. Yeah. But the truth is, if just one person watching this or one person watching your life catches it in the right context and in the right manner, they can shift their city, they can shift their state, they can shift the country. And so it's it's worth the risk to me to say, hey, go learn by experience mm-hmm. and spending time with Jesus. It's mm-hmm. worth it for me. Well, and to add to that, I think the best example we have of that is the people that Jesus chose as his disciples. Like many of them were uneducated. Um, and you know, there are people that came along, obviously, that were educated. Paul was very yeah. educated, but I mean, we're talking like the 12 disciples that were like couldn't have been more different than each other, uh, were not educated. And so, um, but it's interesting that I think about like how we we use the Bible, we use the testimony of like, we even use the New Testament, you know, and the, what the what the apostles did as a result of uh, going out and fulfilling the Great Commission. And we see about that in Acts, we see that they touched in their, yeah. their different epistles, but they were uneducated. And yet we use the testimony of those in our schools to this is how you do it. And this is the right way. I'm like, this is, you're, you're using the testimony of an uneducated man you know, uh, to stress the importance of education. And I, I love, I love learning. I'm with you. I, and it's not that we're putting it down, but I think what I'm getting at is I think for too long, we have used things like education, things like other things to prevent us from doing what God is calling us to do. Oh, well, you gotta want to do that. But first, you know, I would need to do all these other things you know, and right now, God, I feel like it's like, boom, okay, there you go. There's your open door. Go like you're, we like the time is now, the time is right now to fulfill what God is calling us to do as the body of Christ. And I think the reality of this is, is it all boils down. And I'm not saying I'm perfect. I want to, I want to say, I'm not saying I'm not perfect in this way of like putting down what Jesus has done in me and through me. Cause that's Mm -hmm. what a lot of people do. Rather, like, I'm not perfect. I can't like, there's always the, all the way to the left, and all the way to the right. But I would just really, let's hone in on that central location, so to speak, right? Like, yeah, I'm not perfect in the sense of there's moments where I'm like, I really need to go share with this person and I didn't do it, right? Mm. There's moments like that. Yeah. But there's also plenty of moments where the Holy Spirit speaks to me and I just go and do it and God breathes on it. Mm-hmm. And so I think we're just in that season. I, I don't, you know what? I don't want to say I think anymore because I think puts me in a safe place to like be wrong in, in yeah. a good way. Yeah. <laughs> so you, it's like, you need to choose. Like, do you think, or do you know? Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah, so I would say, I, I know that in this season that God is calling people 
to just be bold and to do it in a manner that is worthy of the cross, mm. right? We have a lot of bold people who are outspoken and they cause a lot of hurt and they cause a lot of pain and they divide people, right? Mm. Now, what I'm also not saying is there is people that are bold and that th those things happen, but it's totally God speaking. So it's like, that's why I say things like this because I want people to be stirred because I'm not giving them a choice to like settle on one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, I'm making you have to like stay in that uncomfortable balance of like, yeah. I can't just always be bold and, and not rest. But I also mm. can't just rest and never be bold. <laughs> mm -hmm. You know, I'm challenging you and I'm calling you higher to say, no, what is the Holy Spirit breathing on? If the Holy Spirit is telling you to be bold, go be bold. Mm. If the Holy Spirit is telling you to stay at home, stay at home. But don't allow what the Holy Spirit said to you once become like your doctrine. Dude, that's huge. And become huge. what everything is. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Because we do have this tendency as humans to like create formulas for how we want to do things and oh that worked twice let's do it that way from now on and then we'll write a curriculum and then everyone else can adapt to this model that we've done i mean i can't tell you how many times i've seen that throughout my time in the church where you yeah. know it's just things all of a sudden become so formatted and and um uh yeah and you want to know what's so fun too, because I think we forget that being a Christian is actually fun. <laughs> it's actually supposed to, we're supposed to have the most joy out of everyone in the entire world. Newsflash. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it is so fun. And when I say fun, that doesn't necessarily mean that it's not uncomfortable. That doesn't necessarily mean that everyone agrees with you. Yep. What it means is it's our joy to love people. Mm -hmm. It's our joy to be a conduit of the Holy Spirit. Mm -hmm. Let the Holy Spirit flow through our mouths, flow through our touch, flow through everything that we do in our lives. Because when you have all this like theology, and I'm not against it, I'm just going to keep making it clear. Yeah. I read the Bible every day. I we got to, we got to. Yeah. <laughs> right? But if we're so caught up in what we know, we easily forget that the person you're talking to or the person next to you 99% of the time in your life, they have no grid for God or mm -hmm. their grid is completely off. Mm -hmm. So if we go in with all this head knowledge, it doesn't even matter to that person next to us because they don't give a rip. Yeah. <laughs> you know, the person next to me at the gym isn't looking at me like, oh, wow, that's Ross from California. We'll be safe. Yeah. <laughs> He's a man of God. And you know what? Oh, I just, I really want to honor him and listen yeah. to what he has yeah. to say. They Maybe one out of like yeah. thousands. Yeah. They don't care. They yeah. just either met you and encountered Jesus through you yeah. or they met nothing. <laughs> yep. And so I want to encourage us as the body of Christ that we have the amazing privilege to allow people to encounter Jesus through us. Mm. And there is nothing greater that we can spend our time on. There is nothing greater that we can give our money to. There is nothing greater that we can dedicate our life to than being with Jesus and allowing him to flow through us. Mm. And when we get to that place, and you know, you might be watching this saying, I don't feel that way. I don't believe that way. That is totally okay because there's moments where I don't even feel that way. Mm -hmm. I'm just being real and keeping it yep. honest. Yep. But because of faith, I move forward mm. because the reality is we cannot please God <laughs> without faith. And so if you just have faith to say, God, I may not feel it. I may not believe it, 
but because my feelings don't shift the truth, I'm going to do it mm-hmm. and I'm going to watch you move on it. And I believe mm-hmm. if we can come into that place of taking action out of intimacy with Jesus, we will be shocked at how pleased we are in him. Mm-hmm. I really believe that. That's so good. And even then, just like as we're closing up, I, I think what you're talking about, God speaks to me a lot through exercise. And man, I would say eight out of 10 times, I don't feel like exercising, but I know that if I get up and I do it, it's it's good for me. It's going to help me. It's going to keep me in shape. It's going to, you know, or yeah. get stronger depending on how I'm working out. Um, but it's like, stay committed and the feelings will return. You know, it's like I, I start going and all of a sudden the endorphins hit and I'm just like, woo, let's go, dude. You know, but getting myself to that point, I don't rely on my emotions. Yeah. I stay committed and I persevere. And that, the, yeah. you know, as I do these hard things, they do make me stronger. And by the end, I do feel better as a result of it. And so in the same way, pursuing God, being obedient, and just not not waiting until we feel like doing something and yeah. that that's a lesson for like everything man everything that we're supposed to do that's like a lesson for everything you know if we want yeah. to talk about obedience yeah and i'm such a feeler too i'm being honest so like when i feel god quote unquote i'm i'm like oh let's go and then when i quote unquote don't feel him i'm very challenged and yeah. so i i'm i'm when i'm speaking Cause it's so easy to hear someone speak and just think like, it's like, man, they just have something that I don't, you know? Like uh-huh. they, yeah. And yes, there is people who are more mature in the Lord. They've had more years, more yeah. experience, all those amazing yeah. things. But I just want to come from this raw perspective that yes, I'm leading this amazing movement and God's moving, but there's many moments where I'm like, Jesus, <laughs> I have nothing I can do right now. This is solely your presence. This is solely your spirit that's moving mm-hmm. right here. I'm just yeah. simply a vessel saying, God, here I am. Use me. Mm-hmm. Now, there is also moments, though, where I'm so in tune. It feels like with the Holy Spirit that it just feels so easy and things are just flowing. Love those moments. Mm-hmm. But there's also the real moments of like day to day life where I'm just at Costco. <laughs> I'm at the gym. I'm wherever I'm doing. But that doesn't shift anything. And that's the awareness that I believe God wants us to catch mm. in this season for our lives is yeah. it's it's for lack of better term. It's easy to flow when you're on Elisha fire and you have all these amazing people around you who love yeah. Jesus. Yeah. Right? It's, ama- it's easy to flow when you're on a church stage or you're leading worship and there's a room of hundreds of people who are with you. I love all those things. I mean, I'm literally leading those things. I love them. But my question is, how are you at the gym? Mm-hmm. How are you at the grocery store? Mm-hmm. Because if you can't flow in the same love for Jesus at the church that you can at the gym, there might be something off there. Yeah. I want to challenge us. We see the anointed people. We see the prophetic people. That is great. Mm-hmm. And I have many of them that I know personally in my life who I champion and who I honor and who I serve. But my question for all those people and for all of us is, how are we? in the one-on-one scenarios. Mm, How are we, when people don't know who we are, don't know our ministry, don't know our name, don't Mm. know how many subscribers we have. How are we in those situations? And that is where I want to stay for the rest of my life. Yeah. Amen. That's so good. That's so good, man. Well, Ross, can you, can you pray for the people as you feel led? Yeah. Just light it up, dude. 
Yeah, Jesus, I just say thank you so much for everybody who is tuned in today. And I just ask Holy Spirit that you would just impart a boldness to people, God, that you would impart a deeper intimacy with you, a deeper awareness of you. And God, I ask that we would be so pleased in being with you, so pleased in your presence that our lives would flow out of that place. And I just speak to every person this seems so distant to you or so far or, or not attainable that Jesus would meet you in a fresh way today, mm. that the Holy Spirit would touch you in a fresh way right now. And so I just say, God, thank you for what you've done. God, thank you for the cross. Thank you for Jesus. And I thank you for your body, that we are one family and that we are your bride. So Holy mm -hmm. Spirit, release your fire on every person. Release your grace in a fresh way. And I just ask for a freshness, God, a freshness in the secret place for every single person. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Ross Johnston, bro, thank you so much for being on Elijah Fire, man. Jeff, thank you so much for the honor. Uh, it was an amazing hour. Felt like 10 minutes. So I'm just I excited for, for all that we shared about today yeah. and uh, many more to come. Yeah. Okay. So how can people follow you? Yeah. Best way to follow is obviously Instagram, Facebook, TikTok, YouTube. Every All my platforms are the same. It's my first and last name. But it has two N's at the end. So R-O-S-S-J-O-H-N-S-T-O-N-N -N, because my original name is taken on all platforms. Come so on. I had to add an N at the end. Yeah. <laughs> so Ross Johnston with two N's on Facebook, TikTok, Instagram, YouTube. That's where you can find me. And you'll see all the California Will Be Safe stuff on my profiles as well. Awesome. And then obviously you can go to cawillbesaved.com. Mm -hmm. and all that good stuff um yeah. is that where people can find out like where you're going to be at like different places yeah yeah on our website and on our instagram is where you'll see everything like where we're going next what our what our plan is we're actually going to los angeles next month we got a permit to go in front of the city hall in downtown on, los angeles. Dude. Uh, we've had people fly out so if you're not in california where you're stirred fly out i promise you it'll be worth it mm. but yeah if you go to our website you can see all our upcoming dates tours gatherings locations and just more about who we are um and if you want to connect more we have like a volunteer form a contact form all those amazing sweet. things all that stuff sweet people can donate and all that good stuff yeah too. yeah yeah there we go there. yeah all right well dude thank you so much this was great yeah thank you jeff see you guys yeah everybody that is our show be blessed bye-bye this has been Elijah Fire. Thanks for listening. For more episodes like this, you can check out the Elijah Fire podcast on ElijahFire.com, on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. You can watch us live every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at 2 p.m. Pacific time on YouTube, Twitch, and Facebook. Elijah Fire is presented by Elijah Streams and is part of Elijah List Ministries. Click the link in the description for more info on how you can donate today.